Lee Bevington Media, voiceovers and on-air talent for radio, television and podcasts. Visit leebevington.com.au Radio, the transmission and reception of electromagnetic waves on radio frequency, especially those carrying sound messages, or the activity or industry of broadcasting sound programs to the public. Fanboy, a male fan, especially one who behaves in an obsessive or overexcited way. This is the Radio Fanboy Podcast, and here's your host, Bevo. So today we're in Australia's capital city, and we're catching up with a guy who claims to be a journalist, educator, MC, and the president of the Australian ABBA Fan Club. Let's welcome Jeff Field. Hello, Jeff. <laughs> oh my God, what an introduction. I really don't know what to say. I, I wasn't aware of all those... Th- yeah, well, I was aware, but it's kind of a, a weird introduction for someone that's now teaching journalism students at UTS. What a great way to learn journalism, though. I mean, from the, the great Jeff field the the man that was on the kyle and jackie o show on today fm for so many years that that um that sign off slogan must be embedded in your head jeff uh you're probably going to ask me to do it i've had taxi drivers uh ask me if i could actually talk like i did on the kyle and jackie o show oh is that right you know what i i actually do it so if you (laughs) like me to do it i'll do it go for it let's hear it it's five past eight on Sydney's 1041 Today FM, and now back to the Kyle and Jackie O Show. And now, Jackie, O News. Hey, there we go, Jeff Field. Uh, a, a bit rusty, but you know what? It doesn't matter what I've done in my career. I've worked in, uh, you know, serious journalism. I've, I've worked with Ita, I've worked with Darren, I've worked with all sorts of people, but uh, people still remember me from the Kyle and Jackie O Show, and that's just the way it's always going to be in my life. They remember the gay wedding. They remember me uh, being pushed out of a, a, a plane with a skydiver. Um, uh, they remember all those things. They don't remember the other parts of my uh, very long career. <laughs> Isn't it funny? There's just certain things that just stick in people's head, and that's what they remember about that one person. It's it's incredible. Yeah, actually, the other day, Lee, I had a, a new student starting at UTS. Now, he would have been about 23 and he said it took, it took him a while to put two and two together. And he just stopped and he said, I've been trying to figure out where I know you from. And he said, now I remember I used to listen to you every morning when my parents would take me to school. I remember the time the crocodiles were let loose in your studio. So <laughs> there, there, there's my journalistic integrity. <laughs> Very credible, but uh, you do a fantastic job. And oh. like I said, what a man to be uh, teaching journalism. Those students are very blessed. Uh, I hope I hope they are. But, you know, I love teaching them. And if anyone had have asked me uh, five years ago that I would be teaching students at uh, the University of Technology, I would have laughed. But I actually adore it. it it's a new chapter in my life. And after working in uh, radio since I was 16 years old, I'm now 60 years old, I'm glad to be doing something different. Wow. Yeah, well, so much uh, information in and out of those ears every day and knowledge in your head, Jeff. It's um, it's it's certainly a, a very good Scary. way to, to give back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you um, have to maintain a sense of humour in this job, uh, Lee. Oh, definitely. So you, I remember seeing a uh, 
I think it must have been something on the radio green room not that long ago with your name in print. It must have been one of your first jobs. It might oh, have been God. a Nowra. Oh. Your name was spelled J E double F on the the placard. Is that is that how you originally spelt your name, or was that a printing error, or how did that happen? Do you think? Lee, I was always a rebel. Yeah. Uh, so I started at 2ST in Nara, which is my local hometown. So I used to go up there and annoy the station management. And eventually, I think they just like, wanted to shut me up, so they gave me a job. So I left school on the Friday afternoon, and I started there on Monday uh, doing mid-dawns, and then they put me onto the drive show, and I decided I was going to change my name from Jeff, G-E-O-F-F, to Jeff, J-E-F-F. Hey, so that's, it's like a stage name, but not a stage name. It was. It only lasted for six months, but it made the South Coast register in Nara and I think made Win TV. So there you go. It, it, it still haunts me somewhere. What was, what was it that triggered you to want to get into radio? Was it the fascination of uh, um, what went on behind the microphone growing up as a teenager listening? It was. Theatre of the mind. Uh, I, I mean, I would spend all my spare time in my bedroom listening to the radio, trying to pick up Sydney radio stations, uh, shortwave radio, you name it, I was obsessed. My mum would often knock on the door and say, Jeff, get to sleep, turn that bloody radio off. And uh, I was just absolutely obsessed with talk radio, music radio, news, you name it. Uh, uh, give me a radio and I was a happy boy. And, and so what stations were you listening to? I used to listen to 2SM for music, which was the big station in the 70s. They played high-rotation, top 40 music, heavily compressed with a little echo on it. I loved it, though. I used to listen to Ronnie Sparks, Ian McRae, people like that. Then I'd also listen to the talk stations, 2GB, 2U, uh, I'm not sure, I don't think it was 2UE at that time, but uh, the ABC. I, I'd, I'd be... I'd even pick up 3AW in Melbourne, uh, you know, as you can at night. If you're a radio nerd, you would know at night all the AM signals uh, are very easy to pick up. So I was basically just trapped in my room listening to the radio for my teenage years, and I loved it. So, yeah, like you said, at 16, you got your um, first job at um, your local radio station 2ST with uh, um, now at Nara. Um, was yes. Rod Roger Summerall there back in the day? Because he's been there no, a very long that, time. I think, you know, I was so keen, and I give this story to my students, that if you are keen without being annoying, hopefully I wasn't annoying because they hired me, you eventually get a job. And I was, uh, you know, I was so lucky. I, as I say, I left school on, on that Monday, uh, sorry, on the Friday, and started at the radio station on Monday. And apart from the time where I was uh, retrenched from Today FM, I was, I've never been out of a job. So I, I've been very blessed in my radio career. Absolutely. 60 years old and you're still doing what you love, um, well, giving back to those who are yep. up-and-comers. That, that's a, a wonderful gift to be able to do with your I'm very, amazing career. I'm lucky. I'm very lucky, Lee. So, very lucky. So where, you, you spent a couple of years uh, in the hometown of um, Nowra and uh, where to from there at 2ST? Yeah, I did. I loved my time in Nara. In fact, I was doing one of the first discos in Nara at the uh, Shoalhaven Rugby League Club. Uh, I was uh, 16 years old, by the way. Uh, they got a shot when I had my 18th birthday there and saying, oh, hang on, you've been working and drinking lemonade for the last two years here. <laughs> uh, 
So uh, that was great. That was great to be um, a DJ in your hometown with your schoolmates and all the rest of it. I loved it, but I really gravitated towards the news. I loved the news, and I started doing news and basically made my way slowly up to Sydney. Uh, I've been, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in Wollongong at 2WL, which was a very big station in the 1980s. Um, because I moved on from Nara in 1981. I loved my time at 2WL under the uh, program uh, directorship of Sam Batros. There were people like Steve Parsons there. The station rated 53% at Holy its peak. Holy moly, that's incredible. Amazing. And I felt sorry for 2WO. They opened up. Uh, and 2WL had learned the lessons from 2CC. You might remember, or you, some people may know, that 2CC opened in Canberra and absolutely flattened 2CA, the existing station. Well, 2WL took preemptive action and rebranded themselves, uh, totally changed format to a top 40 high rotation format. Poor old 2000 opened and they didn't have much of a chance, but they were a good sounding station. Anyway, from, from Wollongong, uh, Sydney, I spent a lot of time at 2GB, started off on mid-dawns, ended up being news editor and news reader there for quite a while with uh, the likes of Darren Hinch, Ida Buttrose. Uh, I would, then got a phone call in 1997 from Mandy Wicks who was the news director of Today FM and Triple M and asked me if I'd like to come over and be the uh, editor for the Andrew Denton breakfast show at Triple M. Um, I thought about it for two seconds and said yes, uh, <laughs> went over. And uh, the rest is history, as they say. Uh, you might like to ask me what I did at uh, Today FM and Triple M back in those days, but it, yeah, it, fascinating time. That was uh, still in the Bondi Junction building, wasn't it? Correct. And I just missed out on working with some people I really admire, like Glenn Daniel. He just left. A whole heap of people that I, I talked to on Facebook, but I never worked with, left. I don't know whether it was me or Ryan. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, but, <laughs> but we had a... We had a great team of people there. I was uh, editing for Laura Chilangirian, who is now at News Radio. Yeah. And uh, there was like Tony Matthews there, all sorts of people there. David White was reading Today FM. Oh, yes. But I ironically, the yeah, the mighty Whitey. But as luck would have it, uh, I think Whitey was sick at Today FM one week and they asked me to fill in. So I, I did that with Wendy Harmer. They then moved me to Drive as the Drive newsreader with Jamie Angel. Mm. And uh, that's how I got to know Kyle and Jackie. Uh, they were doing the night shift. And they'd get me in to do little, you know, silly little things like, oh, Jeff's just run in with the latest Kylie Minogue record, which he's got from his DJ friend in, in, in the UK, which he you know, used to mail to me because there was no internet back then. Yeah. Uh, that's how old I am. That's <laughs> And... So I would go in and, and do a little segment with uh, Kyle and Jackie and we got to know each other and uh, obviously with the drive show finishing and their show starting. Uh, then Jackie came up with the idea. It was I, A lot of it was Jackie, actually, who came up with the idea of doing a drive show in 2004 because Nova had just come on the scene and taken a lot, lot of the ratings away from Today FM. Judith Lucy was doing breakfast at the time. You might remember that. So yep. uh, two-day took a punt and put uh, myself, Jackie and Kyle on. We were a team. I was not only reading the news, but I was also part of the show. And I think within about 
three, six months, we were the number one drive show. We wow. went national. Yeah, I know. It was uh, it must have been a stroke of luck or something, <laughs> or whatever it was. But then by 2000 and, uh, 2005, we were doing breakfast, Sydney breakfast, and I stayed with them till uh, mid-2010 doing breakfast. After That was after doing a year of drive with them. So... Uh, it was a very interesting time at Today FM. It was a great time, actually. I was just trying to remember because we we used to run into each other um, in the same building. I was at Triple M, and you're at Today that's FM. Right. But that was you're on the twenty fifth floor. I was on the twenty fourth. That's right. Um, but I'm yeah. pretty sure that was when Kyle and Jack were on the Hot Thirty at night. So, what shift we Correct. would you be doing then? No, I was doing Drive with Jamie Angel. Oh yes, that's right. Yep, yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I was just trying to remember um, what you were doing. Um, but yeah, I- it was a crazy time, wasn't it, Lee? Because we'd all get on very well together. I can remember when Wendy Harmer and Andrew Denton were basically in a ratings battle. Yeah. And of course, Andrew and Wendy were best of friends. We were all best of friends in that building. Remember Friday Drinks, Lee? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm, they were legendary. Uh, we won't. Maybe we should stop that conversation. We might get a few people in trouble. But uh, what about when they, they, were, reno- they were when they were renovating the Westfield downstairs, and you could feel the vibrations come through the whole building? Oh it felt like it was about to collapse. Oh <laughs> yeah, that, that was oh, that was amazing. There were people like were really with panic attacks. Like uh, it was really bad. Like the whole building would shake. I remember being on air and seeing my microphone just jitter in front of me, and I'm like, this ain't good. This ain't good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they were, they were amazing times because uh, when I first started there, there was the internet had, uh, you know, there was no YouTube, there was no Facebook. No. Uh, so the only way you could hear hit songs or rock songs was to listen to either Two Day or Triple M, yep. really, in all yep. honesty. Uh, so, you know, I tell my students that people used to sit by the radio with cassette players mm-hmm. and they just look at me and think, well, what's Jeff talking about? I ha- Then I have to explain to them what cassette players are. And uh, I explained to them that I used to walk down Bondi Junction Mall and hear the same song playing in every shop. That's wow. because... That's because shops didn't have iTunes and stuff like that, so they'd all be listening to Today FM yeah. if they were into pop music. So you'd hear the same Spice Girls song playing right down the junction, but if you know if they were tradies or they were into rock music, they'd be listening to Triple M. Of course, there was Mix FM who were, uh, you know, they were doing okay playing their Celine Dion and stuff, but it was basically two big music stations on, you know, as far as that went as far as that side of things went. It was amazing times. Oh, yes. I still remember um, that view from the studio window looking out across Sydney Harbour from Bondi Junction and just thinking, yep, I've made it in radio. And I'm sure you felt exactly the same when you got that job there. Well, I remember Irene Hume, the uh, music director, I had literally come across from 2GB two weeks before. uh, And that was, you know, at 2GB you'd, see John Howard and uh, other exciting people like that. Uh, that no, I, I'll stop there. Uh, anyway, so I'm at, I'm at Today FM and Irene comes out and she knows I'm a bit of a pop music fiend and she says, Jeff, come and meet some friends. And so I walked into the two-day production studio and there are the Spice Girls. Oh, my thought, God, Jeffrey. <laughs> that know, is awesome. That, you know, people... People think I'm name-dropping, which I am. Yeah, of but course you are. You years, love it. <laughs> over the years working at Today FM, 
especially when it was in its heyday and with the Kyle and Jackie O show too, every big celebrity in town would drop in. They'd drop into us first, then they'd do Sunrise and whatever else, but they would always drop into Today FM. So I got to meet everyone from Rihanna to Lady Gaga, who I was in looking back. I wasn't rude with her, but she popped her head in and asked for a cup of coffee. And I was busy editing something. I said, look, the kitchen's that way. Get you. Wow. I had no idea who she was. <laughs> um, she'd come in to promote her new song. I think it was Just Dance. No one knew who she was. And I, I certainly wasn't rude to her. And, you know, even if I had have known she was famous, I was really busy. But looking back on it now, it's quite funny to think that's what I actually said to her. But, but it, you know, you would know, Lee, working back in that place in that time was a very special time. Uh, it, it was a real go-to place for the uh, politicians, the celebrities, you name it. it. Yeah, it was crazy. You're just walking, um, you know, into your um, your work room, and uh, all of a sudden, someone famous has just walked past, and you kind of look back and you have a double take. You're like, "Is that the Foo Fighters that just walked past there? Is that Billy Idol? Yeah. Is that Tenacious D? Yeah, Jack Black? I've seen a few it, of it his was, movies. It, yeah, he was a Amazing. It was amazing. Look, just in case any of my students are listening, I got to say that the uh, radio newsrooms were very well funded and also very well resourced back when I first started. We had uh, federal parliament reporters, we had state parliament reporters, we had court reporters, uh, we had cadets. So um, this was before fragmentation, the internet and other radio stations, other forms of media set in. So I consider myself very lucky to have lived through that particular period of the media before it you know, went the way it did. As much as I still love the media, it was a totally different beast back in those days. Let's talk about the radio stunts that uh, made you who you are, Jeff, oh. um, on oh, the Kyle and Jackie O show. Everyone talks okay. about the gay wedding. Um, I'm yeah. sure there was a few other things that went along with those, um, those stunts well, back in the day. Legal gay wedding was, uh, I was a bit iffy about it because I thought that my friends in the gay community especially would think it was a breakfast show stunt. So I was very, very insistent that we do this respectfully, yeah. and it was. I remember that morning Kyle held right back. He even canned all the commercial breaks. It was done very respectfully, and it was to get the point across that gay people could not get married. Yeah. And I think we achieved our point because Alex Greenwich, who led the marriage equality movement, said that he listened to that, and that changed his his whole thing in life and you know, was part of the reason why he became head of marriage equality. So I'm very proud of that moment. But there were many other things. Do you want me to mention them? Do I have to mention? Yes, I do. Of course you do, I Jeff. I have to mention all right, where, where do we start? Uh, okay, crocodiles being let loose into the studio. I'm skydiving into the cast of Australian Idol. Oh, uh, wow. I tandem skydive. Uh, what else have I done? I was lowered into the Manly Shark Aquarium aquarium with uh, meat attached to my feet as I was reading the 8 o'clock oh news. Oh, my God. Uh, the 8 o'clock news was laminated. I also had lab rats uh, blindfold me, take me to the top of Centre Point Tower, they put me on a harness, uh, withdrew the uh, blindfold and got me to read the, uh, I think it was the 7 o'clock news that time, Look while I was at looking out over George Street from the top of Centre Point Tower. What was that called? Was it Scared what Jeff to happened? Death or something like that? Scared Jeff, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Jackie used to do a thing, I'm going to scare Jeff, scare Jeff, and as soon as that would come on, I would freak out because I never had any idea. 
And people would say, oh, Jeff, you poor thing. But it was all my fault because one morning we were having a discussion about what scares you and Kyle was saying, oh, I'm scared of mice. And Jackie was saying, I'm scared of snakes. And I said, you know what? Nothing much scares me. That was famous last word. That was the start of the Scare Jeff segment, and that lasted for about four or five years, and, you know, I've lost track of the amount of stupid things I did. I regret some of the things I did. Some of the things I did were not pleasant, but you know what? Looking back on it now after all these years, I was very lucky to do it, and and we, for the most part, I know things didn't end that well, but for the most part, I did have fun on that show. So there we go. There, that you know, a lot of people ask me what happened. Why did you leave the show, or you know, did you get sacked, or did you? All I will say is that I had a really good time for the most part, and that's what I choose to remember. Oh, good on you, Jeff, because that's the way you should go out too with a, a bang, as so. they say, because, you know, you've got to look at the positives. It is no a bit- use being bitter or holding a grudge. It, it doesn't do you any good. There's my advice to uh, to people. And, and I was one of the worst people, you know, uh, at, at some stages I was quite bitter about things, but I look back, I've kissed and made up with Kyle and Jackie. We're, we're friends. And I look back on those wonderful years and I still get people coming up to me in the street saying, I remember that time, you know, you did this or whatever. And and I consider that uh, something to treasure. Absolutely, Jeff. I mean, you know, you, you still appear on TV and, and people still talk about the gay wedding. They talk yeah. about your time on the Kyle and yeah, Jackie O show. And they gets- talk about that um, exit from the station too. Still gets brought up, but you know what? I've moved on from that, and I've gone back to my roots, uh, which is journalism, and I love what I'm doing. I love the fact that I've got the resources at the University of Technology to train uh, journalism students. So far, we've had 66 students make it through to uh, full-time media jobs uh, because we basically have a, a very similar setup to what you'd find in a commercial station or the ABC. So I get to train them up. And then it's like a sausage factory, but I I say that, you know, tongue-in-cheek. It's a good sausage factory. It's high-quality stuff. Uh, I've had so many students go on to bigger and better things, and I'm very proud of them, and I'm also very lucky, and I love what I do. It certainly shows, Jeff. Um, I was going to ask you about Steve Liebman. Have you ever worked with him or... Was, no, was, was he someone that you grew person. up with? Yeah. His style is very similar to the way you read news. Funny, uh, Steve has reached out to me at UTS and offered to come in and, and, and do some uh, lectures for the students. But of course, COVID hit and we haven't, you know, we've had the social distance and all the rest of it and can all those things. But uh, that that is strange you should say that because I have to get back in contact with Steve after COVID and get him into lecture because he's such a legend, Steve Liebman. So did you have to um, do your own degree in teaching um, or is it all just your own knowledge no. and you work with I, teachers I, I, to actually, you know, educate the students? I, I'm very lucky. I keep saying I'm lucky, but I really am, Lee. Because I started out at a time before you needed a journalism degree to get into yes, news. Yes. So I learned it I learned it on the run. I learned how to do local news. I sort of, you know, learned in Wollongong. I was taught by people like Sandy Eloise, uh, people that I, you know, legends now. Uh, and I was I, I basically learned on the ground running. Uh, I ended up, you know, I had to pinch myself when I was news editor at 2GB and then, you know, and as my career continued, 
Uh, but nowadays, you really have to get a, a, a degree or you have to, you know, you have to learn on the job. It, it was much easier when I first started. So I don't know if that really answers your question. But um, uh, t- I think teaching was something that I kind of uh, had an idea I could do because often the work experience students, as they were known back in the day, were sent in with me. And I would take them into the booth. I'd show them stuff. Vic LaRusso was ah, one person I Vic. remember. Yeah, Vic came in and sat with me for a week in the studio at Today FM and learnt, I think uh, he learnt a lot, and he went off and, of course, uh, went on to do uh, the, the traffic network, and I got a lot of stories like that, so I kind of knew that I had a knack, I think I had a knack, of uh, passing on skills, teaching students, and when Melanie Withnell, who's now general manager at 702, asked me if I'd like to come over and set up a, a, the newsroom or, or um, overhaul the newsroom at 2SER, I thought about it. I went over, had a, had a look, and I, I immediately thought, yes, this is for me. So I've been there since 2017. And uh, as I say, I'm, I'm, I'm loving the job. Yes, we, we know all about uh, 2SER and the amazing job that you do with the students, but um, something well, else we, we I'm know. I'm lucky I get, get so many amazing students. Absolutely. <laughs> it shows um, you're, you're very proud and you're like a proud parent almost with their, I their am. child. I am. I'm like a mother hen. <laughs> the other thing I need to ask yeah, you about, uh, Jeff, is uh, your fascination for ABBA because you've appeared uh, a few times. Uh, Studio 10 of talking about ABBA... Uh, what do they call you? Abba Tragic. Tragic, yeah. You know what that was? That was me listening to the radio in the in the in the nineteen seventies. Uh, you could not get away from Abba. Of course, they're still around, and people might poo-poo them and say, "Oh, Abba, some pop group from the seventies." But they're, you know, apart from the Beatles, they've sold four hundred million records. So I'm not really a tragic. Most people secretly do like Abba, and that's why their music is still played on top rating stations yeah. like Smooth FM and, and WSFM. And I've even heard Abba on my old station today, FM. So I'm not a tragic, and I'm quite a proud Abba supporter. There was, yeah, a recent remix of um, Gimme, Gimme, Gimme by Sergeant Slick, which yeah. got a bit of airplay as I well. I heard that on Nova, yeah. Which, yeah. Is, which is awesome. But um, ABBA, it's it's one of those uh, groups that sticks around not only on the radio but uh, on dance floors as well because Dancing Queen. Play it on a queen. cruise ship, play, play it at a, at a wedding, play it anywhere. Even the, you know, the coolest nightclubs, the DJs, you know, the floor has cleared and he's thinking to himself, gee, what do I do to fill the floor? What do they do? Play Dancing Queen. Yes, and that piano intro. Fills. Everyone's like, oh, Absolutely. I love this song. I know the words to it. <laughs> and not that I'm obsessed with ABBA, but they've got maybe five new tracks coming out later this year, which is going to be absolutely massive. I, it'll be interesting to see how many uh, current CHR stations pick up the music because from what I hear, one of them is a dance track and one is, you know, their typical ballad, Knowing Me, Knowing You style. So uh, I've got a feeling people, in, especially in COVID, they're looking for something happy. Yes. So I think uh, I think these ABBA songs, if they're released this year, could be massive for all ages. Do you have any connection with the band itself? Have you reached out? Have you spoken? Have you met any of the members? I haven't actually met any of the members, but I've had some behind-the-scenes uh, chats with, uh, with with people and some people have done biographies with them and stuff like that. And we've had some Abonites in Sydney, which sound kind of tragic, yes, but they pack out every time. Like So Abba, Abba just keep li- living on. Even some of my students at 2SER, they, they love Abba. 
So uh, I, I think this is why stations like Smooth and WS and and, and this is this is why their music just is everywhere. It, it never goes away. And I think I've said far too much about Abba Lee. I oh think it's no, time there's to move there's, on. there's plenty of time to talk <laughs> about Abba because I'm a fan as well. I, I love oh, what they do. Okay. Grew up uh, obviously yeah. late '70s, so my parents used to play their records I, all the time. I will say this, Lee, to to any any um, radio people listening, and, and I don't think I think that it's a minority. I think most people realise that you know songs like SOS, uh, John Lennon and Pete Townsend from the Who both said they were brilliant pop records they sounded great on the radio because they the trick was even though they sound like simple songs there's a lot going on if you listen on a stereo or you listen on a radio you know the the amount of stuff and percussion and harmonies going on in the background is incredible which is why the music still sounds fresh is there an engineer that you know of behind the scenes that put all that together that kind of made michael, the other yeah michael tretto uh, now I don't know him, but I know people that know him, and you know, it it, it it's uh, he would spend you know he would spend weeks putting the finishing touches. He would call it gold dust to some of their big hits like "Knowing Me, Knowing You," "SOS," "Give Me, Give Me," "A Man After Midnight," uh, "Knowing Me, Knowing You." All I, you know, the list goes on. on Four hundred million records later, and I think he was proved right. Well, Jeff Field. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Radio Fanboy Podcast. You've been on the list for a while, and I got gotcha, you finally. We covered. We, well, we co- we covered everything from serious journalism to skydiving to uh, to ABBA and to God knows what else. But uh, <laughs> it's been a pleasure talking to you, Lee. Jeff Field, journalist, educator, MC, and the Australian president of the ABBA Fan Club. Like the Radio Fanboy Podcast? Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or visit leebevington.com.au. Lee Bevington Media, voiceovers and on-air talent for radio, television, and podcasts.